So the piece I brought today is a Derech Amelech. Shavuot, Shnatz Tafesh Pei Hei, in the 1925. So, we'll hear what we need to hear. So, he says, Lahavi Ninyan Hasvira, Minchata Omer, Shtehelechem. So we want to understand what Sfira is about, what Minchata Omer Ushtehelechem is, right? Minchata Omer is the Omer offering that we bring throughout Sfira to Omer. And Omer is, a, is actually a volume, the measurement, it's the amount of barley that was offered every day during Sfira. And Shtehelechem is the two breads that are offered on Shavuot. This, this language of the Torah, count for yourselves. Whenever the Torah says lachem, there's a klal in, in, uh, in Chazal, that lachem means from of your own, from that which is yours. Right, like in, in Lula, that's like the famous one, in Arbanim, lachem, bring for yourselves. Because I'll learn something. You can't use a stolen lulav or etra. You can't take somebody else's. So there it is. But, but how does Lachem work with counting spirit? From your own. What's that mean? Count your own. Count your own days. It's a weird thing. And Bichlal, receiving Torah. Nase coming before Nishma. Rabbi starts by quoting the Gemara from Merachot. Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Aseli Chamisha Minei Tigun Kedeshe Hemenimcha. The rabbis here are talking about, um, I believe it's the, the Menachot, so the kinds of offerings that are all, it's all grain based offerings, grain korbanot, and uh, there's five different types. There's, there's five different ways the Torah describes it. So the Gemara there is trying to understand why do we need so many different variations on it? Why doesn't God just give us one way to offer this offering? So God says, Make for me five different, fry it for me five different ways. It's almost like ordering eggs for breakfast, you know? Over easy, uh, sunny side, scrambled, omelet. I'm going to give you, make five different types for me. So, so that I can have pleasure from you, enjoy you, derive pleasure from you. The Chachamim there give a, give a mashal, Rabbi's not quoting it, but I'll share the mashal. Chachamim give a mashal, which is a king comes to a poor person's house, a beloved poor servant. And this poor guy, he doesn't have, you know, a five-course meal. He doesn't have all kinds of different food to make for the king. All he has is, like, some flour and some water, but he prepares it five different ways. He's like, just make it for me. Make me all the kinds from just from what you have, because I just, I just want to have pleasure from you, from, in a sense, who and how you are. So this is what you got? Like, let's, let's delight in that. So Rashi goes on and says, Perush Rashi, what does it mean, She'ehenem mimcha? God wants to say, I want to have pleasure from you. Shetuku, I think this might be a typo, Shetukubal lefanai behem, or Shetukubal lefanai behem. Rashi says, God having pleasure from us is, I want you to be accepted by me through this. I want, to ex- I want you to be fully received through this, accepted through this, through this offering. Now, now the, the Rizas thinks this. He's saying, based on Rashi, what is the essence, the core of God's pleasure? What is this pleasure that God wants to derive from us? The, the greatest pleasure of God, according to this Kamara, according to Rashi, is for us to be received by God, for us to be accepted before God. If, if a Yisrael, the person is not 
going to be accepted before God, received by God, there's no joy or pleasure for God if we're not accepted. Because the the yichud, the union, the coming together and joining between Israel and Hashem, births joy and pleasure. That's where joy and pleasure come from. That's where it comes from. Joy and pleasure comes from us. And here he's speaking over just on the individual level. Us joining. Truly joining with God. That births joy and pleasure. All joy and all pleasure? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. If we want to be super local right now, the Rebbe is saying God's joy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. What, what gives God joy? What, what is this divine pleasure? When, when, when any one of us is come, really joins together. When, when we have a yichud, this moment coming together, when we're accepted by God, which is a funny thing because you think, well, well, isn't it up to God to accept us anyway? But let's just put that aside for now. Yeah, kind of, you know, question on logic and arithmetic. Let's put that aside. The process of us being received by God, the yichud between me and the divine, is what brings God's joy and it's possible, it could be, that in this kind of pleasure and joy that we're talking about, we put on display before God. We show up here before God our essence, the, the, the fullness of who we are, completely together with all of our all of our limitations, all of our smallness, all of our constrictions, all of our smallness. That's how we appear before God also in this coming together that births Simcha. Let's read on for him to explain a bit more. Because the truth is, before, before God, in the perception of the divine, darkness and light are, there's no difference between them. There's no distinction. There's no preferences that one is, is good and one's not good. The whole reality of simtsum, of, of constriction and, and, and smallness, that's, that's, that's in our perception that it feels like a lack, like a shortcoming, like a smallness, or something's missing. Because what, the tzimtzum itself, what is it, what produces the tzimtzum? What is the source of tzimtzum itself? What is the substance of tzimtzum itself? Me'elukut. It's all divinity. It's all divine being in nature. V'gamotanu. And us too. And God sees us, us, the embodiment of Tzimtzum. God sees us as the, as, as the divine as well. You hear that? Like, it doesn't mean that I'm to bring, to arouse the Simcha, the Tana'ah, to come together with God. I feel like the Rebbe is like responding already to the question that that we might be asking, which is like, okay, that sounds really nice to, to be accepted by God, but that would require some kind of perfection on our parts to be accepted by God. And the Rebbe is immediately saying, like, the joy and the hana'a of yuchud with God, coming together with God doesn't require perfection. It, it requires coming for God in our limited being, because that is divine. Right? And, and, and I think also if we, we, we really like think of that word the Hitzkabel as to be accepted, right? There's like a it sounds almost already like the Rebbe's describing like process where we also need to we need to also experience some kind of deep and full acceptance of ourselves with our limits with our limits, right? With our, with our shortcomings, with our lacks, with what's assuming and when the tzimtzum can be part of the coming together, yeah. So it's a malit simcha v'hana. That's that's a joyful experience.
I could spend the rest of my life just hearing that sentence over and over and over again to try to really absorb that message. As you are. Be with me as you are. That's how I am. I'll just share as an aside. I once, uh, years ago, heard uh, Aviva Zornberg teaching. I think it was before Shavuot. And she talked about that midrash that the Nesra slept late in the morning of. You know, the morning about the dark, that we slept late, that's how you're going to have to stay up on it. She had a beautiful parish on that, what, that, what the meaning of that midrash is. She said, you know, you think to, to receive God's Torah, you have to really be real. Get up early. I think the worst is like, I have to put on my makeup, my finest clothes, and God orchestrated it so that, like, Mamash, we like rolled out of bed in our pajamas and ran with the sleep still in our eyes. Like, in a, like having, having kind of missed the, the ability to really prepare. Because the message was, I don't want you with your makeup and your finest clothes on. This is how it comes. This is how it The way we appear before God is is holy in etzem kedusha. We are a complete being of holiness, without any um, concealment. There's nothing. There's nothing uh, obscuring God's vision of seeing that, seeing us as divine and holy. And therefore, when the joy and pleasure is born in God, so to speak, what is it that births that? From the moment in which we unite and come back to appear before God in this way, to join with God, to, to join with God. Asher lu lo haya banu shum peirud gvul, rak etzem kedusha pshuta, ki az lo haita hana'a Which implies that if there were no tzimtzum in us, if there were no degree of separation between us and God, if there were no limits that we experience as creatures, there would be no coming together. There would never, would there would be, be together. yeah, we'd always be together. But, but Dafka, that seems to me, our, our limited form of being and, and, and perception experience enables us to cross that divide and, and be mitiached with God, to reconnect in that, in that glory, you know, to be, to be seen this way. It, and it depends on, on the tzimtzum. It requires the favor. The, 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 the separation burns the joy, the, the opportunity for this kind of hana'ah. And, and therefore, the Rebbe says, it is through in these moments of hana'ah and, and simcha that our limited selves, our, our limitations also appear before God. It has to be. There's no joy otherwise. It's just being but for there to be an aha, here you are. So it, 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 it not only rests on there being a separation, but the separation comes and shows it. So, ah, here you are. You were, you, you hadn't, you hadn't been, been, you hadn't shown up before me before because of your smallness, how you are, how you perceive yourself, that separation. And here you are before me now as you are. That's the joy. That's the hana. Therefore, in every Dvar Mitzvah, every matter of Mitzvah, we need to feel pleasure and joy. Because in this moment, we have been accepted. We're, re- we're being received by God. And, and it says, if to say, from us together with God, together we're birthing pleasure and joy. So the Rebbe already brings it beyond Korban Mincha. He says, any Dvar Mitzvah, any interaction with God is, is 
is able to birth this kind of joy because it's an, it's an opportunity of being mityached. It's an opportunity of being mitkabel he says, and, and beyond feeling joyful in our own right for having for being received by God, we, we, we also need to feel the joy and that pleasure that He's saying that there's potential in the experience of entering into mitzvah in this way to also experience God's joy that is being born from us. You're enjoying this. You're enjoying this too. He says the Gemara gives a hint to, to this the Gemara says one does not stand to pray if not from experience the joy of mitzvah. Now Rabbi says, why do, you need, why do we need to be able to access simcha shal mitzvah before we can truly pray? So they're saying, okay, what does it mean I'm doing the Torah? Let's take the most basic definition of to pray here. I need something. Yeah? I need something. I'm somebody, I need healing, I need I need parnasa, I need I need help. So I'm gonna come ask for help. But but wait a minute, I'm just gonna approach God with like my, my small needs. My small needs, like it's very hard for them to really show up. On that divine stage, because the Fanavin is there. It's like what I'm going to enter into, like a palace of perfection here, with like asking for a couple more shekels in my account. Like it doesn't belong in some level. There's no, there's no hysteria when I enter into God's realm. So if all, if it's just the the tzarchei gashmiut on their own, so how do they appear before God? Or really, if I want to take this kind of more internally, how do I? Can I really believe and be convinced that, can I fully bring myself before God with, with only Like in my mind, I'm still going to have the barriers between God and you really being able to appear there, really being able to address God. is not the case when, when, this kind of, when joy has been birthed. Because Remember what this this joy that he's describing. It's it comes from the process of of tapping into that ground level truth that my smallness, my goof, my tzimtzum, my limits is part of you, is is part of of your fullness. Yeah, it's not just me in separation with my. And with my needs and with my cries, but it's 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 entering into that understanding or just coming with that awareness that me in my tinsum as I am with my needs, this is part of that divine unfolding. And in that that in that context, I'm giving myself permission to really come before you. And so then my prayer is about the, these material needs. Like, of course they have a place there. Of course they, they have a way to really be expressed and go. What's the test? How do I know if this kind if if, if God's simcha is, if, if I've aroused God's joy? Seems simple, right? God, God taking joy in, uh, in God's creations and, 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 and Israel taking joy in our Maker. The meaning, the meaning of that joy is it's, an, it's a singular experience. Like our joy in meeting God is that taste of God's joy. 
because that is the siman that I'm in a place of the Kabbalah. Yeah, you know, do you hear like how it, how he's describing it? It's like reciprocity I'm, again. It's it's reciprocity, but it's more than it's not reciprocity. It's it's deeper than one to one. You know, maybe it starts there as me and you, but it gets to the point where the awareness is that. Like the Rebbe says so beautifully throughout the Sefer, he quotes that, that real prayer is an experience of God calling to God. Of God calling to God. It's tapping into that, again, that really base level, ground level reality where and me in my limited form, in my needs, in my experience of creatureliness. Yeah. This is this is let's party. Let's 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 come together in that, in that awareness and the, the simcha that, that is aroused there is that shared simcha. V'lachen mitok simcha shal mitzvah kishem argishim simcha mi mitzvah omdim hipelut v'yotot itkabel. So of course, when when we tap into that joy of of recognizing ourselves as, as attached to God. Of radically accepting ourselves as part of God's reality, so so and the joy that's birthed from there. So of course, on the that's that's what gives validity to our prayer, gives reality to our prayer. Okay, now let's go even further. The truth is, the Rebbe says, because so far he's talked about. Kovanot and Simchashom Mitzvah and Filat. It's very nice. So, it's awesome and it's true. Yeah. There's just the truth is every pleasure and enjoyment in the entire world, every single kind of pleasure experienced in the whole world, they're only, nothing other than divine joy and pleasure. There is no other kind of pleasure in this world. That is what it is. Kikana. Because as we spoke before, where what birds God's pleasure? What birds God's pleasure is the yichud of Yisrael in Hashem. Rakyan shahatsimsu vahapeirud benehem nimtsa shahapeirud gufo garamata onem. Again, he's repeating what he said before. However, since there is simtsum, there is constriction, and there is separation, there is division between us and our source. It is that very separation itself that causes the pleasure, where the pleasure is derived from. It's the, the source of the pleasure is our distance from God, is this, is this reality, this experience of separation. Because if there was never any separation, God would never, we wouldn't have this reality in which God can, do, can be pleased. This is where he's, this is where he wants to get us to. Which, which leads us to, to understand that in the division, in the separateness from God, there are sparks of Ha'oneg Ha'elyon. There are the, the latent energy of Divine pleasure is there in the separation. Isn't that beautiful that is? Yeah. It's like God's like, I'm just I'm, I'm planting all of the all of the hopeful potential for me to have joy and pleasure from you from, from you. This is what fills that space, that, that reality that that, that dis- distances you from me, that separates you from me. Because it's that divide that's going to be the platform for my joy. So it's filled with the nitzotzot of oneg ha'elyon. It's filled with that. Umatayim itgalim nitzotzot shema oneg asher beperud. And so then, when is that revealed? When is that we can be cognizant and recognize and experience that that really there is oneg in the period, There is pleasure in the separateness. Acharei hayichud ve'acharei hitbatlut ha'peirud. We only experience that when we've Traverse that divide. Yeah, when we come together. You know, like to go back to the, it's not even really a mashup, but for the sake of the conversation, to go back to the conversation of how how this plays out in in a relationship between two people. 
Like, when is it that I realize how deep our love and desire and affection for one another is? Not when we're fighting, but when we reach the deeper point of, of reconnecting after fighting. After and perhaps by virtue of the fighting. What? After and perhaps by virtue of the fighting. By virtue, reveals, exactly, by virtue of the fight. Reveals we, itself. It brought us, it brought us to, to, to be able to be a little more honest, a little more vulnerable, a little more accepting of one another and, and, and realizing something a little deeper about what's between us. But I would never, you could, I would never be able to say before, I'm like, of course, every time we hate each other, it's really because we, we just love each other so much. I mean, you can talk that way, but, but, but the experience of it happens after the fact. But still, when, when, when like, can't look each other in the eye, it feels awful. Doesn't it's not only ah, but there's no tzotzot that the only. Mashein came mishnish arba pirukaster, and so this is exactly what he's saying. It's not true of somebody who 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 remains in a state of separateness and of being hid, being having that whole reality concealed. Yechol asom minot tzotzot hana asher malvash nimtzayim beperud hana avetav alotavach nusuchel. What what can end up happening is that. When, when a person is not able to, to transcend that divide, to come and, and, and meet God in their limited reality, in, in, in their being as they are, but remain simply distanced and feeling at a state of removal. So what, what do I do? Where does all the, the sparks of Hana'ah that are there latent in the separation, they, they, they become transformed not into this onen ha'elion, but I end up experiencing pleasure and enjoying this world only in ways that are this, this, um, detached from them, only in ways that are separate from them. Oh, the needs, so again, I want to just kind of try to distill it. Joy, only pleasure. This is just like this is like the Rebbe's trying to give like a basic theory. Pleasure, the experience of pleasure, is it exists there in this the distinct reality, the separation of the messenger. That's where the roots of pleasure lie, and the ideal fulfillment of that pleasure is to come and rejoin with our creator in our limited form, traverse that divide and be able to birth this, this ultimate kind of experience of joy and, and on it. Ah, but if I can't ever come back to God, so those sparks of pleasure are there in the separation, and then I'm experiencing pleasure only in separation. But all pleasure and joy, the Rebbe is saying here, it all comes from that, that, that space between us and God. It's all resting in there, and how it's going to be experienced and what context it will be experienced in is going to depend on on whether a person recognizes um, or steps into an awareness of joining with God or remains in an awareness of separation. That's going to define how that, that pleasure is experienced. And maybe perhaps what it looks like. He says, therefore, according to this, even the pleasure that comes from ta'ava, and the ta'ava means any kind of, in the context, it's, a, it's an unholy desire, as far as the way that I used to say. I don't have any good English words for <laughs> Appetites, I don't know, it's, just, it's hard for me to talk, talk, about, talk in those words. I don't, I don't like any of the associations, but uh, I think we know what, what is happening. Uh, even a hana'asha ta'ava onen shokdushahi. The truth is it's an onen shokdushahi. The truth is it's, it's a taste of that holy divine pleasure. V'lo shokdushat adam yuvad rakshav hana'at Hashem yitbarach. It's not just a taste of my own Holiness. Hear that? I'm not just taking a taking a bite of I'm, what is pleasure? What is joy? Again, pleasure. Joy is the experience of, of being mitiachet, of feeling 
a sense of togetherness, of belonging, of joining with. So it's not just joining with something inherent to me, it's actually experiencing God's own pleasure in creation. However, what makes it a ta'ava, what makes this pleasure, this experience something that is ungodly, at least in its manifestation, at least in its experience, is that I have not drawn myself close to God through this. I have not uncovered that divide, that gap, that absence of God. I haven't uncovered that to, to show that there truly is a meeting between me and my divine source, me and my creator that's causing me to feel okay. And, and, and the crazy thing here is that you are tasting on Yom. You are tasting a bit of your own innate holiness and deserving of being alive in God's reality. However, you don't, you're not aware of that. And the lack of having that awareness rem- keeps me in a sense of, in a state of concealment and separation. And, and I, I could say even more so that what he means of being transforming it to ta'ava is that it actually could further, further the distance. Like it could further the distance. And, I mean, you just, just think for a moment of what the difference is of a kind of experience of pleasure that makes me feel more whole, more integrated, more fully accepted and acceptable, yeah, than a kind of pleasure that reinforces my feeling of being separate and isolated. not. The desire for pleasure is, is, is fueled by the desire to, to feel whole. However, there's experiences of pleasure that keep me feeling broken. There's experiences of pleasure that can nurture and nourish that urge for things. I'll just, this is tangentially related, but I'll just also just share something that's been in my awareness the last uh, little while, which is that. I feel like there's really small ways that our, our bodies and minds and emotions, we do this all the time. Like, our whole system is constantly trying to give us support and safety and a sense of wholeness and joy and pleasure. I'll give you one, one, one example of, of a way that I experienced it that helped me kind of turn it around. Um, I realized I, I checked my email at some point while I was in between a few different things, and, and, I, and I, I saw this a few months ago that my tax returns didn't get charged what I expected, and like a couple thousand dollars beyond what I anticipated was withdrawn from my account, probably the minus, and I was like really panicked about it and nervous. And so I like. I'm just talking about it, feeling that, that nervous response. Okay, I'll just even start there. The nervous response is trying to give me safety and security. It's trying to alert me to the fact that there's something threatening me. There's something I need to protect. But that's hard to access. Okay? But I kind of I crawled into bed. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I crawled, crawled into bed and I was just like clutched up, you know, in, a, in this like... And I was, as I was there, I realized like, I was like, oh, I'm giving myself a hug. I just received the hug, and as I as I, when I noticed that, like my body like totally relaxed into the hug, and I could actually receive the support that I was trying to give myself, and like really like calm into that and and spread out and and feel like not terrified and gripped and uprooted and panicked, but felt like supported and was able to just shift the whole kind of my whole state, so I'd be like, okay, yeah, like, this is hard. It's going to be okay. I'm here right now, okay. And like, to, 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 to shift from that state of threat, fear, 
nowhere to be, no way to be, to a sense of rootedness, belonging, safety, and homeless, even in the world. So that's like, that's like one example, but I feel it's like all the time, it's like, oh, I have an itch here. Oh, I like, it's like noticing the small gestures. The small gestures that I do kind of automatically, just like, Gotta pay attention a little bit, you know, and, 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 and how is this an attempt to offer myself support and wholeness in this moment? How am I trying to give myself some like a gift? Yeah. וזאת יזכור האדם תמיד, בכל תאווה שולח עצמו שם על ליבו, ויש לזה סבי פרסם. שאווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
basically train ourselves in our just normal living and experience these experience ourselves in the world that's going to set up how we experience ourselves in those contexts it's a beautiful thing because you know there's there's ways in which like our kodesh sets up our chol there's ways where we say that our chol really sets up our kodesh right and and for sure it works both ways that powerful experiences in the context of kedushah of tefillah of mitzvot of, of what have you Torah learning so of course that's going to affect my consciousness and, and give me new ways of thinking about things and perceiving things and bring that into my life. And of course it's part of the avoda. And I was saying here that I'm going to bring in some other kind of language, but the, the way that we engineer our systems to experience just the sense of joy and pleasure as human beings, and, and I think maybe the dafka in this context, but it, it's not in the context of this. It's kind of just being us. Yeah? Just being us who we are. That that's the that's where we're going to really be able to begin to develop this kind of awareness of oh God, this is me, me, me and God are part of one reality. Me in my limited creatureliness, in my humanity, in my in my ta'avot, in my desires, in my oneg, in my pleasures, in my joys. This is part of this divine union. And then when I come to to mitzvah, I have all of that. In me, that then what, what's open for me as a potential of, of joy and the and experience of, of mitzvah is something much more profound. It really includes me. I, I'm teaching myself that I'm allowed to feel joy. I am allowed to feel pleasure. I am allowed to enjoy myself. Like, being religious doesn't teach that to me in the same way. Does it make sense? Because I could get into mentality of like, okay, I have to be really firm about how I drink a slurpee now. You know, what the Rebbe's like inviting us to here is, is, yeah, really feel the oneg. The oneg comes from the separation, but it's not, it's not separation because you're separate and don't belong in God's arena. Like, here's the place of oneg and simcha that God has created the world. It's the foundation of how, of how creation works. I'll share just also one other piece, uh, just on that note. Mindful eating. Mindful eating could be the biggest burden in the world and like frustration. Am I just fighting my desire to eat stuff? I want to eat. Like a friend of mine who's, who's over the sham and a meditator for many years. He said to me once, he was like, eating is the one place where I don't want to have to put on another. I don't have to force myself again there. I just want to enjoy myself. But can I just let go somewhere? So... So Andrew's like, okay, when I come to eat, like, forget like the really real stronghold on my concentration and focus on every bite. And I'm just gonna enjoy myself. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna have fun with my food. That became the most fun thing. It's like the colors and the textures and the crunches and the, and, and just fill me with like a sense of joy, like loose, but like loosely, you know, just that already is a is a step up for me. You know, between eating as being a mindless, I have to stuff myself because of my need to feel safe or comfortable or know that I have food. I have to stuff myself mindlessly versus the other extreme of like, I have to so carefully take every bite and even the fork on the... Can I just like let myself be here and have fun? And derive oneg from food? A sense of belonging, like me, Earth, God, here we are alive. Okay, right, that's something I can do. Don't make me meditate while I eat. <laughs> but, also, if, yeah. but being present, then you're saying, like, yes, being present, being, being with present. a certain kind of orientation, then, then I'm gonna like come down. Nahon. Nahon. That at least for me is within the realm of possibility. Yeah. If I need to chew really slowly, I'm just saying, this like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, it's, but again, it's tapping into the, the natural flow of my body. It's like, that made me. My, the blood is, I want to eat this food because the blood is rushing through my body. My, 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 whole, my whole system is responding with, with excitement and arousal. I'm like, to, to like fight it? 
while I'm feeding it? Well, how do I feed it? How do I feed it in a way that's truly nourishing and that's joyful and that allows for pleasure and that doesn't make me feel I'm here all alone fighting for my survival. But that makes me feel like, yeah, this is, this is great. It's a celebration. So I'm going to jump through a little more. And basically the Rebbe then goes on to introduce an idea that we've seen together and that he talks about all the time, which is already getting into the question of how do I develop, how do I begin to develop this awareness? Because it's a very different way of relating to life. It's a different orientation. Like, remove on my love and you just tell me it's possible that it happens. So then he, develops, he goes back into the idea he's developed time and time again, which is that my experiences, my perceptions, the awareness that I bring to my experiences of life continue to, to, to create and reinforce themselves. Okay? So that the more that I continue to um, engage in life in a way that's, um, you know, a, a specific, limited perception of what the world is, what this experience is, what life is, so the more it's, that experience is going to be reinforced and strengthened in me, and the more that I'm able to bring a different kind of awareness to how I experience life, so the more that is going to begin to create a, a perceptive lens. You know, neural rewiring. Oh, nice. This, what he was discussing before. Okay, this was about more in the, I was talking more in the sort of like, I have to force myself, remind, pull myself out of one mode, force myself into the other mode, remind myself, you know, kind of the, when we're starting, we're in, it's a struggle. It takes some real discipline, yeah. But somebody who serves God, who interacts with God, in constantly in a kind of, Holy awareness, that person Mamash becomes is transformed into an, something else. That person can become a, a kind of person that it's difficult for them to even comprehend and imagine in their minds currently. Person whose closeness of God will truly birth. This kind of pleasure. And I want to tell you, it sounds crazy, right? This whole idea that a person can be transformed, that you can really change. I know, it sounds crazy. And it does. Yeah? But the Rebbe says, it's not so hard to, it's not so illogical. Because the truth is, human beings were created in such a way that we have so much latent potentiality that we are we that requires us being uncovered, being revealed. I mean, just before we even get this, think about a baby. Think about human development. We're born with innate capabilities that require a lifetime of cultivation and development. We require things that are going to serve to reveal us, to uncover us. And if we never get those things to bring out all these parts of ourselves, to reveal what is latent potential within ourselves, those parts of ourselves will remain ne'elamim, they will remain concealed from us. Afbigashmiut, so this is even in a, just in the way our, our bodies work. If a person wants their vision to develop, the person needs to actually have things to look at. Right? I mean, like, imagine a, 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 an infant who's kept in, a dark, in, a dark, in darkness their eyes. Their eyes are not going to develop. You need to interact. You need to use the parts of yourself in our way. You need things to interact with to develop yourself. If we keep our eyes closed, so the the eye muscles will weaken. The, the ability to see will be dampened. Dampened? That's not a word. Dampened. Dampened. There, we see that the things that we observe, they actually serve to develop our ability to see. And this is true with all 
the bodily functioning faculties. Mikol shekein b'koch haruach shalom, and even more, all the more so with the abilities of our of our spirit. Ish mitchakem l'mashal. How did a person becomes wise? Person becomes smart. Bishom odi ve'chokmah, because we hear words of wisdom. Yeah, it's very simple, right? And when you continue to hear wisdom, it's not only, oh, I now I know one more piece of wisdom. It actually, the more I, the more wisdom I, I absorb into myself, my own wisdom develops too. It's not this static, you know, I have like so much space, a one-to-one ratio between the pieces of wisdom I know and now I file away more. No, the more wisdom I absorb, the more I become wise. Using that function. Yeah, from using that function. That muscle, that koach within me develops and expands. What is it that helped me, that caused me to uncover my wisdom? The dvar chokhmah. The words of wisdom that I heard. But they didn't limit, they weren't limited to themselves. Something from outside of me contacted something within me that then helped it grow. If I act in chesed, in kindness, so the quality of kindness will be cultivated within me. You can never imagine that somebody will be wise or powerful or strong if there were not things to help bring out those qualities. Yeah? Even with the simplest things in the world that are visible, that we can hear, that we can interact with, we would never have the qualities we do if we didn't have these things surrounding us that brought them out. This, the, the essence of this person that now has become a wise human being, gibor, or a strong human being, that essence would have remained concealed without all of those things that brought it out. But he goes on and says, what this means is that the etzim ha'adam, that essential being of each person, it's divan mufshak yotimir. It's it's invisible. It's in a sense not here, not manifest. Ha'advarim ha'nogim v'hasovavim oto megalim imenu kibnitam. And those things that a person interacts with throughout their life and ingests and absorbs and contemplates and, 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 and engages with their senses, they reveal from within us things as things of, of their own nature, meaning wisdom will reveal within me wisdom, kindness will reveal within me kindness, strength will reveal within me strength, cruelty will reveal within me cruelty. The things that I hear will develop my ear in a certain way. The things that I see will develop my eyes in a certain way. We're these porous beings that those those experiences that we are suffused with throughout throughout our lives, they actually birth the form that takes shape within us. You hear this? In a sense, the Rebbe is speaking about like nurture and nature, you know? But he's saying that nature, it's, it's, it's quite abstract. And nurture is, is, is quite powerful in determining what kind of person will be revealed from within us. Yeah? Um, he goes on, again, I, I wanna, I'm going to now kind of bring us to the paragraph I want to get to, but he goes on and, and, and says that, This phrase of being a person who is a tzel ha'olam, a person who is merely a shadow of the world. Right, the light of the world casts itself onto this person. Uh, 
but he uses it in the sense of I could be merely informed by things that block me from an awareness of God or from developing divine kind of quality things in myself. I could become I become just a shadow of the world if I'm not interacting with something beyond that or something, something holy that suffuses it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just then read Umisha Choshev. You have that place? Umisha Choshev. It's the same paragraph. Yeah. Umisha Choshev. So somebody, again, this goes back to what the Rebbe first said. Remember the Rebbe said, you think this self-transformation thing sounds crazy. I know. So I'm going to start by explaining to you, just in very simple terms, like how you work. How what you are is formed by how you are and what you interact with. That's where the Rebbe begins. Okay? Then he goes on and says, so somebody, therefore, who thinks that a human being, all we can really, all we're really capable of understanding, of observing, of, of uh, we, we, can, we can't ever really perceive some kind of spiritual um, reality below Shumavush. That's not um, in the form of just the things of the world that we know. Yeah? Somebody who, who thinks that, it's a mistaken thought. Because do you, do you truly know what a human being is? And even yourself, do you really know? The self that you know, the version of you that you know, it is merely a shadow of the world. All you know is those parts of humanity, those parts of yourself that the things of the world that you've interacted with have borne and, and uncovered from within you. From that ha'adam ha'ne'elam, the, the, true, the true essence of your humanity is, is, remains concealed from you. However, what could be said, right? So you're saying, if, if based on what, if I'm saying, no, there's no such thing as a human being contacting spiritual reality, he says, that's because all you know of humanity and of yourself is, is tzel ha'olam, the projection that, that the limited world experience you've had has, has created. But this we could say. This we could say, which is that the parts of self, parts of humanity that have been revealed, have been developed and uncovered only from from a limited material worldly interaction. And again, worldly can be suffused with the divine, but he's not talking about that kind of worldly here. It's, it's, it's in the, on the further side of just thingness, Yes, it's true. Those parts of self, those interactions with the world, those cannot appear as in their spiritual nature. However, a person, a human being who surrounds themselves and their activity in Kedusha, yeah, who, who, who fuses themselves with holiness, what does it mean to surround myself with Kedusha? The Rehi is Medayakir. Hainu, which means, It means, I know how to interact with the world. It's not that I stuff myself into a closet filled with holy books and don't pick my head up. No, it's that I know how to interact with the world in a way that, again, it's going back to what we've been talking about, is nurturing me with this divine, loving, pleasure, interaction, simcha, meeting. If I know how to use what I've been given and what I come into contact with, so those sparks of holiness, those chalakim, qualities of holiness, they're going to birth within me a totally different kind of nature. 
And, and again, it is, it is in, therefore not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable that a person who lives this way is, is going to be able to tap into Ruach HaKodesh, into the spirit of prophecy. To see and hear differently than other people. Again, because what they're interacting with what they're nurturing within themselves and bringing from within themselves is not the same limited things that other people who are not carrying a greater consciousness are interacting with, and it's not what, what's being born within them. It's something else. It's of a different quality. The stuff isn't the devamachriya. The devamachriya is what is the quality of my with which I'm interacting with things. Am I interacting with things in their Stuffness or in their stuffiness, to use the language of, of uh, Kubali, in their abiyut, their, their thickness and density. Is it just dense material that I'm made of and that I'm interacting with in this world? Or, you know, what, what degree of holiness am I interacting with in the, in the same phenomenon, but with a different quality, with a different orientation, with a different perception? And that interaction is going to then continue to um, affirm that and affirm and develop that kind of perception within me. Again, to, to shift, to shift, you know, it's, I feel like it's not a ta, some total game. It's not either or necessarily. They're not necessarily like totally one or the other, but getting into that, that mode of what, what we quoted from the Baal Shem Tov, you know, a few weeks back, when, when, when I look at the world, I'm looking at God and God is looking at me. Yeah, it's a, it's a just bring that orientation and orienting and awareness to my interactions, it's going to grow within me. It will be nurtured within me. In the same way that if I just, you know, Look at things on on their on their surface level. That surface level perception is going to be strengthened and nurtured. This thing I've been describing, he says, is what what is Amishal hinted to when they said Naaseh Nishma. When they not only said, but said na'aseh before nishma. Okay? Ki imayu makdimim nishma li'ishma ha'ani. If they first came and said, we'll do it. Sorry. <laughs> if they first came and they said, nishma, we'll listen to everything that you're saying. We'll, we'll hear all of your Torah. Who is it going to be hearing? That Torah? The ani. That self, that selfhood that they are in that moment. The ezo ani. They would, if they just came and said, we'll hear, we'll listen to all of Torah, we'll understand it, we'll, we'll, we'll hear what you have to say, God. It's which, which me, which I is hearing that? It's the I that the world has produced. It's the I that's been born before this point from all of just the things of the world that I've interacted with. So let me ask you, what kind of what kind of Torah am I going to receive if I just show up one day? Okay, God, let's hear what you have to say. And if that was the case, if that's the self that was brought to receiving Torah, all that would have been heard and recognized and understood would be just limited in these we would perceive and relate to all of Torah just in that same limited material perception. Which people do, unfortunately, sometimes, yeah. But the Rebbe is saying, Amisho, they did not want this. They did not come to Torah and say, fine God, just give it to us as it is and, and we'll, we'll, we'll hear what you have to say and, and we'll, we'll make what we think of it. Yeah. Naaseh. The first thing they said was Naaseh. Et man Naaseh. Et atzmeinu. 
והתורה תוריד את עצם האדם הנסתר. התורה תוריד את עצם האדם הנסתר, ובזה נשמע. What does it mean, נעשה נשמע? First, we're going to come and we're say, נעשה, it doesn't just mean we will do, it means we will make ourselves. We will become. We are ready to be made. That's what the Rebbe is really saying. Hatorah tolid et etzem ha'adam hanistar. The first approach to Torah is na'aseh. Is Torah birth, birth, birth something within me. I'm going to give the, you the opportunity, give myself the opportunity to be created in your image. I want you to make me, to uncover me. Bring me out. Uvazeh nishma. And from coming into contact with that hidden, deeper, essential quality within me that the Torah can birth when I allow it to, through that, I can hear, really hear what has to say. I can really come to, to the Mishnah. But the, the first step is the Naseh, if that's me. I'm bringing myself to you to be made. I'm bringing myself to be brought out by my contact with Torah, through my contact with Torah, with Kedusha. And from that self that is birthed from that interaction, that's where I'm going to be able to hear and understand and take it anymore. It's clearly not just a Shavuot Torah, right? This is, this is an all-the-time Torah that <laughs> he's teaching here. It's nice to bring as a... It's nice to approach Shavuot as yeah. like an opportunity to birth myself. To be Nasa, Mamash, to be Nasa, to be born. To be born by Torah. To be born by Torah. As opposed to, okay, I'm here, what do you have to say? That's, that's starting with, a, with an orientation of distance, of mm-hmm. separateness. And it's, yeah. it's, I've already decided we're staying separate. There's me, I know what I want, let's hear what you have to say, and I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me also of Rabbi Nachman, brings a beautiful Lashon in, in Torah Vav, um, says that the foundation of Tshuva which is related to Ehyeh, which is the readiness to become something. He brings a lot of the Nazar. Anazami I'm ready to become. I'm ready to exist. The Oneg in the Simcha that the Rebbe is describing here is the Oneg in Simcha of being totally all right in this moment. Of allow, being allowed to be accepted fully in the moment that I am. And giving space, giving not only space, but also validating my, my little experiences of joy and pleasure. You know, I'm recognizing, oh, this, is, this is what it's about. Like this is crossing that divide, tapping into that oneg that that's that's really, in a sense, my, my inheritance of being God's creature. Whisper those words to ourselves. You know? I want to derive pleasure from you. I want to tell you. 